0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation.
1: I never thought I'd be in the skincare space. Yeah. (laughs) And I never thought what I did 10 plus years ago with enzymes from a fungus I isolated from a pile of trash would actually help people. But now seeing the progression of everything and having people, you know, DM us or email us or even call us saying, hey, I've used it for three days and my skin is like nothing I've ever used before. And they say, what's different? Mm -hmm. And I say, well, one, we care about the formulation and two, we have ingredients that work at the cellular level.
0: Welcome to The Real Real, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. Today, I have a very exciting episode, and it's just so nice to kind of like enter this rebrand and enter this new era of the pod. It's not like fully here yet. We're like inching into it, but it's really nice because I have just been having more conversations that I genuinely love and I'm genuinely curious about. For today's guest, I have Kyle Landry on the show. He is the president of V Sciences, and he works with Dr. Sinclair, who is known for his studies on longevity and anti-aging and they have a skincare company together, which is Del V Sciences, and I am sitting down not only with a scientist and a renowned scientist, but also with someone who knows a lot about longevity and skin, And he has such an impressive resume. He has worked with space before. He has three different companies that he's currently operating. He's now the president of this skincare company that has unique space technology. They're also a podcast sponsor. So I love when I actually get to meet the podcast sponsors in real life. And I started using his product. We talk about it in the episode, but I started using it. You guys, I'm on day three. And I notice a difference. I've gotten compliments on my skin for just being so glowy. And you guys know how much I struggle with my skin. And I haven't had any acne, no breakouts, and my dark spots are going away. It's literally a miracle drug. And he was telling me after the interview that their number of returning customers is like record high. Like It is insane for a skincare company to have this many returning customers so that you know it's good. We just have an honest conversation about not only what it's like to, you know, run this company, but we talk about skincare, we talk about aging, we talk about his background and how he's gotten to where he is today. He started as someone who wasn't great in school to literally owning and operating these hugely successful companies and working in so many different industries. It's all because he said yes to these opportunities that were presented to him. So we talk a lot about his story, which I think is the most fascinating part. So whether you care about skincare or not, this is actually an episode for anyone who just wants to like see what they're passionate about, wants to say yes to more opportunities, or at least it shows you the power of what saying yes can do. And then of course, we do talk a little bit about skincare and everything like that too. But for the most part, his story was just so inspiring and we recorded this in person. So I'm very excited to welcome Kyle Landry on the show. He's incredible. And I know you're going to love this episode. Kyle, thank you so much for coming on my podcast.
1: No problem. Thank you for having me. This is
0: our second time doing this, so or doing this little intro, so hopefully there's no more technical difficulties. But I really appreciate you coming on, and I wanted to talk to you about all the different aspects that you, I feel like, have interests in, your background has covered, it's been in space, skincare, all rooted in science. But Mm -hmm. I actually want to go back a little bit further to the beginning. When you were a kid, were you always interested in science? Was that always you always know that that was going to be kind of like a focal point of your life.
1: So that's a very interesting question, and I will say, for some reason, when I was eight years old, I wanted to be a cardiologist. Okay, of all things, it was such a specific thought. Obviously, I'm not a cardiologist now, but for some reason, I was always interested in the body and in science. Unfortunately, my high school grades didn't really support that, and science was something that I really enjoyed and liked, but. I guess I didn't really put much effort or thought into it until I went to college. And that's really where I started learning and getting more excited about it.
0: And what did you study in school? What did you land on? All
1: right, so I'm a food scientist by training. I have a bachelor's, master's and Ph.D. in food science. I started out in food chemistry. And what's funny is I worked on a non-sick spray that was used for Little Debbie type brownie releasing in trays in my undergrad then for my master's, I started purifying enzymes from novel fungus. And then for my PhD, I worked on delivery systems for putting antimicrobials into these little packets so they can knock out food pathogens. And that's, that's kind of like my progression in the food world. But then while I was doing my PhD, I got a phone call one day. So I'm, you know, I'm in the hallway, my phone rings and I'm looking at him like this Boston number. It's probably a scammer, but luckily I picked it up and I was like, Hey, hi, this is Kyle. And on the phone, there's this guy who was like, Hey, is this Dr. Landry? I was like, yeah, it's Kyle. You know? <laughs> and he's like, Hey, I've read some of your papers. You're the only person in the world doing some of this research. Do you want to do a postdoc in my lab at Harvard medical school? And at the time I was like, yeah, sure. But I didn't know who he was. I didn't know anything about him. His name was David Sinclair. And I went down to my advisor's office after, and I was like, hey, I just got this really strange phone call from some guy from Harvard Medical School. So, of course, we Googled him. And then we found out how big of a deal he was, or still is, in the world of longevity and genetics and epigenetics and and all this stuff. So, of course, I hopped over there. So that's where I first started uh, going into the longevity kind of skincare type of
0: Space. Yeah. And when he contacted you, since you were one of the only people in the world doing that research that he was looking for, did you know that? Were you aware that you were one of the only ones? Did you? So it was just something you were interested in. No
1: idea. And honestly, he was calling me about the work I did in my master's. So that was four and a half years prior to what I was doing at that time. And honestly, I was like, who the heck reads this crap? Like, (laughs) no one's going to read or care about extracellular nucleases from thermophilic fungi. Like that's what I researched and studied, but he wanted to look at that and use it for a variety of applications that eventually led into the uh, pseudo biodefense space, which I, I landed in after I completed my work there with him.
0: And when you got this call, you looked him up. Was this something that you were like, this is what I've been wanting to do, or this is an opportunity? Let me take it. Like, what was kind of your plan if you didn't get this phone call?
1: So, let me tell you a little bit about my plans because they usually don't exist. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, when I was in high school, I actually went to the recruiter office and I was going to enlist in the Navy. And my dad was like, just apply to one school, see if you get in and go from there. So, I never really thought I wanted to go to college. I never thought I wanted to go for a master's degree. I never thought I wanted to go for a PhD. I never thought any research I would do would gain, you know, attention of a top professor at at Harvard Medical School. So I was never like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And actually, I was going to start teaching full time at Boston University. So I actually started teaching when I was 23. At Boston University in the Department of Health and Rehabilitation Sciences. And I teach food chemistry there. I still teach that now. I've been there 12 years, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, So I was just going to go into the academic world after my PhD. But when David gave me a call, I was like, hmm, Harvard Medical School sounds pretty interesting. You know, how many people have the opportunity to do that and were actually recruited to go there? Yeah. So I just decided to go. And (laughs) one more funny thing. At that exact time, I actually had three opportunities. Um, I had the Harvard Medical School. I had Boston University. And on a side shot, I was actually filming a reality TV show (laughs) with my brother. And we made a few episodes and it was being pitched. And I had to decide, you know, okay, go film a pilot season of that or stay in academia or go to Harvard Medical
0: School. Wait, okay, what was the reality show?
1: (laughs) So the reality TV show was something called Kings of Pop. And it was a show based on uh, going to various collectors' homes and looking at all of their pop culture collectibles. Things ranging from Pokemon cards to Star Wars collections to sneaker collections. Uh, So my brother and I dabble on that on the side. But that's a whole other ball (laughs) of wax. You know, that's a whole other podcast episode.
0: That's so cool that you... I mean, you really don't have like one interest. You know, you have a variety of different interests. And I know you said that you didn't have the best grades in high school. Mm -hmm. You didn't necessarily have a plan. You didn't want to go to college. But you have to be smart to do what you're doing. So (laughs) I feel like you're very humble, but like you have to be smart to do what you're doing. Are you someone that if you're not interested in something, you don't really put that much effort or attention into it? This research was something you were super interested in or how did you get to that? Yeah. I, grades definitely don't determine intelligence, but it's interesting going from you know that to, <laughs> to what you're doing now. Yeah,
1: honestly, it's just I found something I was interested in. And I found something that challenged me and I found something that I could go after and keep doing. And it was satisfying. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people get stuck on this hamster wheel in high school or in college where they just go for the grades, they go for the grades, but they don't really start piecing together what they're learning or why they have to learn these things. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that clicked for me a little later than most people, but when it clicked, it clicked hard. And then I just started going for it
0: what clicked for you like what was the one thing that you were like oh i want to dive deeper into this or this is making sense
1: i think it was just understanding a whole bunch of different things so like when you take classes in college right it's like you take calculus well for me anyway depending on your major calculus you take chemistry you take biology and people usually compartmentalize them into one thing mm-hmm. but at the end of my senior year in undergrad it clicked and I understood why biochemistry impacted organic chemistry and that impacted physics. And that's why you need to know math. So I understood the whole picture. So when I went you know, for my master's, which I just applied on the whim for, based on a girlfriend at the time, actually, when I got there, I kind of had this idea of, okay, these are some of the things I want to look at. And I actually did pretty well. During my masters, and that led the 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 foundation for everything I do now. I mean, I would not be doing what I do now if I did not actually do what I did back then.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense because I so I was an industrial engineering major, so I had to take all like the calculus. I took a basic like bio class, chemistry class, but I did not love it. You know, for me, it was I got the degree, and then now I'm doing social media and. I mean started another business so I didn't go down that path but I do think that the people that actually stuck to it and really enjoyed it it was something that everything clicked for them Mm -hmm. everything made sense for me it was very much like I go I take the test I study I do well and then I move on like that was my perspective in college which isn't great but I got the degree and now I am where I am and it it all works
1: out out. it all works out in the end and the only advice I'll say is you know If you have one goal and you're just trying to do that one thing and you don't let other opportunities happen, you're going to miss out on a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I just wanted to do, you know, I don't know, X, go do something and I shut out any other opportunity that was offered to me or that came around that may have, you know, elevated me to the next level, I wouldn't be where I am today, right? Like it's not even that I'm anywhere, but. It's just taking, looking at opportunities, weighing them, and then not being afraid to do something that's outside of what you're comfortable with.
0: Right, right. You know what the best feeling is? When you walk out the door feeling like you can conquer the world because your hair looks amazing. You know those days when your hair shines with confidence? Well, I have something that are going to make those good hair days into a daily reality, which is Way's new hair gloss i personally have been loving taking care of my hair i just got a new haircut and at first i was iffy on it but then the more i've looked at it and the more i've styled it I actually really love it and I don't think I can go back to super long hair it's all about how you style it so I have been meticulous about my hair routine I've been incorporating Waze hair gloss and it has literally made me love my haircut and love all of the different ways that I can make it look it's so easy just five minutes in the shower and BAM instant shine and let me tell you preventing heat damage is a top priority for me and with hair gloss protecting my hair up to 450 degrees I can style worry-free and the best part my hair. Hair feels shinier, healthier, and more vibrant than before. If you guys have seen my blowouts on my Instagram or my TikTok, you know that I have been feeling my hair and it has been so shiny. Getting your shine on in the shower with Waze hair gloss is so easy and it's packed with hyaluronic acid and rice water and so it, so it not only gives you immediate shine but also treats damage and enhances color vibrancy. And here's the best part. In a consumer perception study, over 85% of participants agreed that their hair looks shinier, healthier, and smoother with Waze hair gloss. Give your hair a glow up with whey. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I and use promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com promo code RealReal. When you took that opportunity, you said yes to David, mm-hmm. you decided to go. Did you have expectations of what it would be like? Did you think it would be... A summer thing or like what were your expectations going into it?
1: Uh, I was just like, hey, this is a cool place. I like David. I like the work he's doing. I like the lab. I'm already in Boston, so this is going to work out great. And I had no plans of how long I was going to be there, what's going to come out of this. I was like, let's just go with it and see what happens. Go with the flow.
0: Yeah. did it? Ex- or I guess you didn't have expectations, but how was the reality working? Did, was it a learning curve? Was it kind of a culture shock working it was, with him?
1: It was an interesting thing because so I went there and, you know, I just started helping them do it. And the original project was basically taking these enzymes and seeing if we could degrade DNA and other things. And that was interesting because after we got to a certain point, I was introduced to some people, and that's when we spun out the first company from there. So I filed a patent there, and then we spun out a company, and that led into the biodefense type of space application. And I had no idea what it was going to be like. I had no idea what was going on, but I was employee one there in the science side, and it was just crazy. That's all I can say.
0: And when you started working with him and you started filing these patents and started your first company, Mm -hmm. did he approached you in the beginning with, Hey, do you want to start a company together? Let's do this. Or it was just kind of a natural progression. No, no.
1: So basically I was working on this project without even knowing what the the ultimate goal of this project was. And then I was approached by some people and they were like, Hey, we want to build a company around this. And uh, this was one company under a larger holding company. So we took the technology that Dave and I worked on and we put it into this company. And that, basically was the foundation and starting point from that and from there that led to all my interactions with various government agencies and institutions and that eventually led to NASA and jet propulsion labs which is you know something i never thought i'd be doing as a food scientist right, right. i thought i'd be making twinkies somewhere <laughs> not you know talking with world class scientists and researchers and Doing really cool projects around the world and eventually going and looking at, you know, the Mars rover, seeing it built and taking samples from there and building the brand that we have now, De La Vie.
0: Yeah. And did you ever feel a sense of imposter syndrome doing that? You know, going from being a food scientist and then getting this call, working with him, starting this company and then, you know doing all this cool stuff with NASA and government officials or no, you always Not really confident.
1: because, you know, science is science and one thing people have to realize is at least in the life sciences all the techniques you use are universal throughout all the life sciences for the most part. It's just what you use them to study, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, as a food scientist, even in my little research world, I was sequencing I was doing, you know, molecular biology, gene, I was doing all these different types of things that people do all the time in that world Except I was looking at food pathogens and human health, not biodefense and longevity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's taking a skill set that, you know, is, is pretty universal and just changing your focus. So I did have to learn a lot, you know, coming from food science and going to genetics or going to longevity or going into the defense space. I had to learn. I had to research. But the underlying technology that you use or the research you use is pretty much universal.
0: Yeah. So, how did you go to skincare after
1: that? Right, so this is the crazy. Let's
0: do a big. This jump. is the
1: craziest <laughs> story. So I go through all these things. You know, biodefense. Then that went to pharmaceutical development, and then finally we get to skincare. And how did we get to skincare? So while working uh, with some subcontracts with NASA and Jet Propulsion Labs, we met some really cool scientists there, and they were like, "Hey, Kyle, we have this really cool organism." that we put outside the international space station for 18 months it survived it came back down to earth and it absorbs all this uvc radiation and uva and uvb can you use it for anything and i was like yeah let's look at it for sun protection so we started looking at it for sun protection we took the organism in-house we worked on it for a year and a half and uh, we ended up creating an ingredient called bacillus lysate out of it. Now, this is way out of left field, you know, but it was a really cool opportunity. So we, we took it. And David and I were like, I wonder if this does anything with longevity, because, you know, if it survives UV radiation, there has to be crazy DNA repair mechanisms. There has to be some protective factors. So we started looking at it in terms of sirtuin activation, antioxidant potential, upregulation of certain genes related to skincare. And it was phenomenal. Like, the results were more than we ever expected. So Dave and I sat down and we were like, let's make a skincare line. Something that, you know, people can utilize as patented proprietary certified space technology ingredient, you know, that astronauts mm-hmm. researched, NASA researched. And let's bring it to people so they can benefit right from it right away. So we created De La V Sciences in January of last year. So I left being president of the uh, previous company, which was Liberty Biosecurity, because Liberty Biosecurity is not a sexy name for skincare. <laughs> wow. Have you heard about that product from Liberty Biosecurity? <laughs> yeah. Security. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> so, so we create De La Vie, which is uh, De La Vie, if you speak French, is like from life or for life. And we started working on it. We launched our first product in October. We launched our second product April of this year, and it sold out in three hours. Wow. And we had to order um, an additional, uh, we had another 7,000-unit run made, and that came out in May. So, so far, we have two products from there. But it was just an opportunity where we had this raw ingredient. It was great at SPF boosting. And we were like, okay, we don't want to go into sun care, so we'll leave that ingredient kind of on its side, but let's see what else we can use it for. We found out it's great with longevity and skincare, so we decided to make our own brand and our own line around that, keeping them separate. Mm-hmm. But that complicates things because now we basically have two different types of business models. We have raw ingredients, which we sell to manufacturers to incorporate into their sun care line. And we also have our own final product, which is direct to consumer.
0: Yeah. Do you think to spin it off into two separate companies or it still makes sense? to We, we thought one?
1: about it. I mean, they're so intertwined, right? Because yeah. we use the space ingredient in our final products, we want to make sure we kind of control that. And I want to make sure, you know, everything's going fine. But right now, I think we're small enough where we don't have to worry about that. Ultimately, you know, we're working with a few distributors now. and We're looking at a few other ways where we can let the raw ingredient sales kind of go its own course in the traditional way of, you know, you have a distributor promoting it and and selling it. And we just ship product to the distributor and they handle everything like that. Mm -hmm. So we can focus on the direct to consumer skincare line.
0: Got it. And I know that you said that the results exceeded your expectations. That's why you decided to go for it. But what were those results? Like, what are you looking at in these studies or how long do these take? Also, yeah.
1: So all of our products go through clinical studies. So the serum was a 28 day clinical study with a total uh, 70 subjects. Actually, 69. We had 34 in one site and 35 in another. Both. Uh, one was in New York and one was in L.A. And for those, for the final products, we're looking at elasticity, firmness, reduction of fine lines and wrinkles, increase in skin tone and radiance, hydration, moisture, all things like that. Now, for the raw ingredient, we were looking to see how it impacts the cells of the skin. So we looked at antioxidant potential. That's a simple one. But what we found was that not only was it a great antioxidant, but it also quenched any radicals formed from sun exposure. So sun exposure is one of the main, if not the main accelerators of skin aging. Mm -hmm. And we found that radicals formed from UVA exposure were actually quenched by our ingredient. What does that mean? I'll I'll tell you. So UVA exposure leads to excessive fine lines and wrinkles and basically aging of the skin in a physical way because it breaks down and cross-links the collagen in your skin which is why you're to put wrinkles. So if you can stop that cross-linking and breakdown, you can minimize the impacts of uh, sun on the aging profile. So that was one thing we found.
0: Yeah, that's really impressive. And how long does that take to find? Like, how long is are these studies lasting?
1: So the clinical studies are 28 days. Some of the ingredient studies, some of them take a few weeks. Others are just a simple assay. So the way you look at it is we have an ingredient And we see what the ingredient can do. And that's just cell assays, tissue culture studies, gene expression studies, and those in some could take, you know, six months to a year, depending on what you're doing. And then for your final product, you do it on humans in a clinical setting where you look between 28 to 90 days. We do all 28-day studies because realistically, we want to show that our products work within a timeline that's acceptable to consumers right right
0: yeah if i don't see a result by the time i'm finished with the product yeah, or why, yeah a month it's kind of like wait is this working or not
1: <laughs> yeah and what's crazy is we actually have a lot of people on social media posting their results and DMing us and saying hey we see results in 2 or 3 days and we wow. we're like wow this is crazy because you know we only our clinical study time points were immediate 7 14 28 days mm-hmm. and immediate you know, we saw a 39% increase in skin moisture 20 minutes after use, all those other things. And we saw significant reductions in fine lines and wrinkles, you know, seven days, 14 days. But for people to say after two or three days, like their skin is completely changing, you know, is mind blowing, but it goes to what our core principles are and what we're trying to do as a company, which is to give your skin what it needs, not what you think it needs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people in skincare. Try to use multiple products because they have this idea of what they want their skin to be. And then it makes their skin worse because their skin doesn't want that or doesn't need that. So at De La Vie, in our research with David and what we do in the company, we're looking at products and developing ingredients that help your skin be the best it can be, not trying to change it to be something that it wasn't meant to be.
0: Right. So if we strip it down to the basics, what does your skin need? Or is it dependent on everyone? I know obviously if your skin's dry, yeah, you need to moisturize it, but in general, what would you say that everyone needs in their skincare? All right. So
1: one thing is sunscreen, right? Yeah. Sun protection is by far if you're not gonna use any skincare, use sunscreen. I mean protecting your Skin from UVA and UVB exposure, minimize accelerated aging, minimizes age spots or dark spots, and also minimizes your risk for skin cancer. So that should be like the main thing.
0: Is there a SPF number that you recommend?
1: So that, you know, that depends on people's preference, right? And honestly, the preference comes down to texture and feel. Some people don't like the feel of heavy, heavy sunscreens, but generally an SPF 35 is what I use. And I would recommend unless you've already had some type of skin cancer or Mm -hmm. some skin condition, then your dermatologist will normally recommend something a lot higher, SPF 70 or higher because you're at risk. Right. Uh, But generally an SPF 35, should be good. I mean, if you're here in Miami where we are, you may want to reapply that a little more, maybe go a little higher Yeah. Then say where I'm from, which is, you know, Massachusetts where it's, we still get a lot of sun, but it's not like, I mean, you walk outside, we're roasting. Today. Yeah.
0: It's, it's been a hot <laughs> summer. It's been, it's been really, really warm here.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the sun protection and then a general face moisturizer is good, especially in the winter months where I'm from anyway, where your skin dries out, but that just helps you know, seal it in, keep moisture in, keep it nice and firm. Mm -hmm. And then a cleanser, a good cleanser that's not too harsh to help remove any environmental toxins that are on your skin or pollutants or anything that you accumulate over the day. That's, you know, if you're going nowhere, if you're not doing anything, those are the three, you know, I would recommend. But if you want to take the jump and actually do things proactively for your skin, a really good serum is something that you should look for and ideally a serum that kind of does all of it because mm-hmm. you can fall into the trap of buying four or five different pro- hyaluronic acid serum vitamin c serum right. this serum that serum all of a sudden you have more serum bottles than you do pill bottles than your
0: cat yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i think that's what's really hard about skincare is yeah. because there's so much out there and i have struggled with my skin for so long i've dealt with acne for so long. And I got on birth control for my acne, was on that for 10 years, got off of it, skin exploded. Now it's getting better. And I've figured it out a year and a half after getting off of it. But so skincare has always been something that I've been very like interested in. Mm-hmm. But there's so much out there. And I'm someone that I want to try. Like if something's not working within a month, I'm like, okay, well, let me try something else to see if something else works. And then I'll try something else. And then I keep switching it or you know, with acne, especially you think like the harsher the product, the better it must be. And I've kind of realized now that that's actually makes it so much worse. (laughs) And there's so many more factors than just the topical creams and things you're putting on your face. Like for me, supplements I take have made the biggest difference. Like that's made a bigger difference than any skincare product or, you know, the foods that I'm eating and avoiding. And so it's just there's so much out there that there's a lot of misconception, there's a lot of confusion. How can you tell as a consumer like what to trust or what to actually buy? And should you be switching? Should be you be trying new things? Yeah. Like, what's the most important? So it's part? very
1: hard. Uh, I'll tell you a little dirty secret: most of the skincare out there has no clinical studies associated with it. Mm-hmm. So what the companies do is they base their claims on the ingredients, but they okay. don't actually test the final product for evidence in human subjects, right? So they'll say, oh, it's an antioxidant. Oh, it has this niacin that's been shown to do this, or it has this that's been shown to do that. But they're basing it on the individual ingredients, not on the final formulation that you're putting on your face. So one thing I would recommend is find products that are clinically tested, dermatologists tested and approved, have gone through you know, a whole host of different studies more so than just saying, hey, it has vitamin C in it, so it's good for your skin. Mm -hmm. That's something that we started out with as our number one goal. I mean, we're a bunch of scientists. We're not marketers. We're not trying to to sell you something that everyone is selling, right? A lot of skincare is the same ingredients, the same formulations is not really anything that special besides the influencer that's pushing it. So we started off saying, okay, let's develop ingredients that no one else has, no one else can have access to that are actually beneficial to the skin. So when you make products, it actually is different than what's on the market. So looking for clinically tested products with actual evidence, you know, we, DailyVee Sciences puts all of our clinical evidence on our website. Mm -hmm. And we're not trying to hide anything so you can go look at it. That's the first thing I would do. And the second thing is you hit it right on the head are all these things that people don't believe are connected to your skin. Yep. Water intake, hydration, foods, vitamins, right? So a lot of people, like I talked about previously, try to skew their face. They try to buy five, six, seven products without actually... Looking at themselves holistically, maybe it's my lifestyle, maybe it's the food I'm eating. Maybe it's you know i'm I'm in this certain environment, and this is always affecting my skin. maybe it's my hormones. maybe it's something like that. But if you look at it, maybe it's my gut microbiome connected yeah. to my skin microbiome, right? Instead of trying to find something that fixes it, you know, you could almost stop everything and then try one product at a time to see how it works. and I, I'll tell you, you know, I wasn't really aware of this until We got a lot of emails and DMs from people saying, hey, you know, I used to try all these products and then I stopped and then I tried just your one serum. And it's actually so much better and more helpful than the five or six other products that I used before. Mm -hmm. So I took that information. I was like, "Okay, let me start understanding this and researching it more. And I found that, you know, most consumers, like you say, look for the harshest thing or the most complex yeah. usually keep it simple stupid is the way yeah most things are better so same thing with skincare
0: yeah no I used to use like such harsh products with so many ingredients my face would dry out mm-hmm. I was breaking out more than before because of that and you always hear it like keep it simple keep it simple but it's hard to believe because Very you often. just think well how would that work if it's simple like how what's going to get rid of my pimples or what's going to get rid of my acne or what's going to get rid of my wrinkles, whatever it is that you're looking for. But it really does work. And it's it's also like for me, I find it fun finding new products. So I also enjoy trying new products. So it's that like, yes, I obviously think like harsher is better sometimes in my head, like and But then also, I just have fun going to Sephora and picking out <laughs> items. I mean, like, let's try this new serum instead of just sticking to But the when basis. you go,
1: look to see which ones are actually tested. Yeah. So when you go into Sephora, any store, if there's a claim and you see a little asterisk, try to find the asterisk because they have to tell you how many people were in the study, how long the study was, and what some of the results were. So you'll be surprised to see maybe they only tested on 10 people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, tw- you know, are there regulations with how many people you need to test on to be no. considered clinical? No. So so you could test on two people and say that you did a clinical so this, study.
1: This is like the in cosmetics. There are some requirements. So you have to do human safety testing. You have to do uh, simulated eye testing. Right. There are some things you have to do that you have to have before you go and sell. But anything with claims or efficacy. There's no specific guidelines. There are some outlets like Sephora, Ulta, QVC, HSN. They require something because it's their own integrity, Mm -hmm. because they're promoting the products. But a lot of other outlets, especially online, there can be no, there's no
0: anything. So if it's a direct to consumer product, it does not need to follow any guidelines?
1: Well, even in the stores, the guidelines are not as strict as you would like them to be. Okay. So, you know, that's why we're very forward. We were like, we want to put all of the clinical studies on our website. We want to put all the number of people we've done. We want to put the data there so people can see it. Because so many people are so used to seeing, oh, 95 percent of subjects thought said their wrinkles were removed. But if you look at it, that's 95 percent of 20 people who were asked a question did you see a reduction in your wrinkles? Yeah,
0: yes or no. There was no <laughs>
1: empirical measurement. There was no instrument recording it, no instrument measuring it. And we decided to use the instruments, use all that stuff, and layer that on top of the subjective questionnaires. So yeah. and that's very hard to find in the cosmetic skincare space. But again, we're scientists right. doing this, not you know, marketers.
0: Which is interesting because as, you know, scientists, you're not marketers. So how did you go about starting this business and then marketing it and kind of stepping aside from the scientist hat and putting on your business hat and then your marketing hat. And how did you shift gears? Was that natural? Was that easy or?
1: Yeah. So one thing is the story, right? So having our products be certified space technology from the space foundation, which basically validates that what we did was real. It was researched by astronauts on the space station. That's a great foundation, right? And then we have David from Harvard Medical School and a few other people from really big uh, universities helping that. That's another foundation. So basically we were like, How can we break through the noise of skincare? Because this companies, you know, celebrities make a brand every five seconds. Right. There's right? So literally many- every five seconds there's a new thing coming out. Yeah. Claiming to be the greatest thing, but it's a simple formulation with no proprietary ingredients, just someone's face on there holding it next to an infinity pool. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically, that's what it. So we took the space story. We took the credentials. We took the patents that we had. We took the clinical evidence we had and we said, OK, how do we get this to people, you know, so they can see it? And the answer was be very transparent. Mm-hmm. post the results on there show that we're PETA certified we're leaping bunny certified try to you know show people that we think about it so one other thing that just came out that a lot of people aren't doing yet we were just certified reef friendly coral reef friendly oh yeah right That's important. a lot of people now are looking at the coral reef and the environment especially in sun care Mm -hmm. But no one's thinking about it for cosmetics. Yet you have cosmetics on that are leaching into the ocean anyway. Yeah. So we were like, okay, we're in the sun protection space with the bacillus lysate. Let's also look at our ingredients and our products and have it certified. So just basically going above and beyond in all the things, having a great foundation and story, and then having it work and have people talk about it, spread it word of mouth. But going from science to marketing is a completely different type of (laughs) <laughs> to brain capacity, right? Yeah. It's like, it's it's hard. Luckily, we have great people who can help us with it, strategize, but no, it's completely different than science.
0: What was your first step of getting it in the hands of consumers? Because you, are you guys D to C? Yeah, just D to so C. So how did you get the first yeah. customers?
1: So the first thing we did, the day we launched, we did an Instagram Live with David Sinclair and Serena Poon, who's also a celebrity nutritionist, a great friend of, of ours. And we just did an Instagram Live to their little community. I think we had 3,000 people show up on the Instagram Live. And they just asked me questions like, how is this space certified? And David and I would would talk about it, talk, share the science, share the evidence. And we had a little boom there. Then all of a sudden, press just started happening because of the cool story. Mm-hmm. And then we just went on a few podcasts like mm-hmm. this. And we talked about the story. And then we just had people DM us and email us saying, this stuff is great. This stuff is great. And we we're like, hey, can we share your testimony? Can we share your pictures you're sending us? And they were like, yeah, of course. So then we just started posting them and showing them what we have and how the formulation was. And then we would just post all of our clinical data and say, hey, come take a look at it for yourself. Yeah. And it was just, it just grew because we're so transparent.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I think you guys are hitting the nail on the head with the trust, you know, because you, like you said, there are so many celebrity skincare products, so many new influencer products. Like I get pitched skincare products all the time. And because I'm so vocal about my like struggle with my skin, mm-hmm. I say no to like 90% of them just because I don't want to ever, you know, tell people to buy something that I haven't really tried or I don't trust. So I've said no to so many skincare brand deals and pitches just because of that. But there are so many you know, people that are going to just promote anything because you're getting paid to do it. Yep. And it doesn't have like anything backing it. And I think skin is so sensitive to like, at least I know my skin is very sensitive. So many people's skin are so sensitive to very like so many ingredients that unless I know that it has actually worked for me or worked like you said, clinically mm-hmm. backed and has studies, I really don't feel comfortable like promoting it because also it's such a big confidence thing. You know, when I have acne, I don't want to go out and like see people or do things and I get so insecure with it. And I feel like so many people feel that way with their skin. So, I mean, it must make you happy also seeing how much like confidence it brings people like do it, what, what you guys are doing.
1: Well, You know, I never thought I'd be in the skincare space. Yeah. (laughs) And I never thought what I did 10 plus years ago with enzymes from a fungus I isolated from a pile of trash would actually help people. But now seeing the progression of everything and having people, you know, DM us or email us or even call us saying, hey, I've used it for three days and my skin is like nothing I've ever used before. And they say, what's different? Mm -hmm. And I say, well... One, we care about the formulation. And two, we have ingredients that work at the cellular level. So one thing I didn't talk about, which is huge, is that it actually enhances your body's ability to make your own hyaluronic acid. So a lot of people use hyaluronic acid products, but you're hoping that it penetrates into the skin and it stays there, right? You're putting ingredients. We did a bunch of tissue culture studies with the bacillus lysate. And we showed that the bacillus lysate actually enhanced the cell's ability to make its own hyaluronic acid. And what's more beneficial than your own hyaluronic acid? Yeah. And that is one of the things that kind of people realize within maybe three, four, five days. They're like, wow, something's different because I've used other hyaluronic acid products and it lasts for a day. And it's not the same. Like, yeah, this is different. We're making your skin more efficient with these ingredients. Mm -hmm. Um, It's crazy.
0: For people that are listening, what can someone expect to see a difference in? What can they expect to notice when they begin using your products?
1: Yeah. So the first thing is hydration and moisture right away. I mean, the clinical studies, they're on our website. You can look. After 20 minutes of using it, your skin's moisture is increased by 39%. right after that. And it stays elevated for over 24 hours. So your skin, even 24 hours after you put it on, is still more moisturized than it would be if you didn't do anything. So it stays on there. The second thing, and this is kind of like a a side-side thing that kind of fell out of clinical trial studies, which we had no idea, was that a reduction in uh, dark spots and hyperpigmentation. And this is something we were not planning Mm-hmm. We actually did clinical studies in L.A. and New York, and we had people with darker skin tones ask us, hey, can we talk talk to you about something? And I thought it was something bad. I was like, oh my "God, what happened, right? So we go and talk to these subjects, and they said, hey, you know, when we looked at your product, you didn't advertise anything about hyperpigmentation, but we noticed that our hyperpigmentation is going away. Our dark spots are going away these things that I've been afraid of and trying to hide are going away after 7, 14 days to the point where my family is even mentioning, hey, what are you doing to your skin? Wow. And I was like, wait a minute, what? So we had no data on this besides the clinical subjects saying this in the photos of analysis. So we actually went back to the lab and we were like, what is our product doing? And we found that it's inhibiting the enzymes in hyperpigmentation cells in minimizing the overexpression of melanin in these cells. So, this is an example of something we found in the clinical studies. We had to go back in the lab to substantiate it, and now we have all the evidence as to explain why that happened. So, you got moisture, you got dark spots, and then finally wrinkles and fine lines in general. You know They decrease over time with the elasticity, Increasing elasticity in the hyaluronic acid production helps plump that.
0: Have people noticed like they don't need to get Botox as much or they're not doing that? Am <laughs> well, I, <using> this? <laughs>
1: I don't know about Botox. That's a whole other ball of wax, but I will say people have said that you know, they're minimizing the number of products they're using Mm -hmm. because they don't need a moisturizing serum, a vitamin C serum, a hyaluronic acid serum, you know, because sometimes people like to stagger that. right? And because our serum you use once in the morning and once at night, you get those benefits twice a day. Mm -hmm. So you actually save, you know, on some of the products you have to buy. Yeah. So that's what we found so far with the serum.
0: That's awesome. That's, I mean, I think that's really cool how you went from, you know, food science, space, skincare, but it does all go together. Like if you didn't do food science, you would never have done, you know, worked on space and then you would have never worked in skincare. So it all kind of envelopes into each other.
1: Yeah. It's a crazy, crazy story. And if I would talk to myself back in 2005 when I started college, maybe, I don't even know. I think it was 2005. And I was like, hey, this is what you'd be doing. Mm hmm. I think I would just laugh at myself and be like, there's no way.
0: Yeah. Especially, I mean, when you were that young, you wanted to be a cardiologist. You know, you, yeah. you still wanted to go into science in a way, but it's just crazy kind of how it ended up.
1: Well, now it's mostly business. And I never really thought I'd be on the business side. And I had to learn quite a bit to catch up on that from distribution channels, logistics, marketing, you know. Email blasts, all those different types of things. Yeah.
0: You kind of got your MBA as well now. You did get your MBA as well. (laughs)
1: In real life training. That's That's what what I I
0: always say. Like with running Rella, I'm like, I don't ever need to go to business school. This is my MBA. Like I'm learning so much. If not, I'm learning way more than I think you would like in a university setting. Do you like working on the business side more?
1: I like it. I will say I do miss the science side. So one thing about the science side is you have a task, you have a goal, you know what you're doing on the business side. It's like a constant hustle, right? Totally. You're always trying to get more eyeballs. You're trying to to cut through the noise. You're trying to help reduce costs for the products while also trying to expand, create new products. You know, we're actively creating new ingredients and new products all the time. So it's like, juggling all of that you're constantly thinking you're constantly trying to find new avenues and directions. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily do that on the science side, you know, you have an experiment, you do it, you analyze it, then you do the next experiment, you analyze it. But I like it more because in the science side you're so far in the weeds. Yeah. that it's really hard to see where you're going to end up. On the business side, you're so high in the clouds that you can see how, you know, what you're doing. But you don't necessarily know how to get there right right it's like in an airplane you know you're going from point a to b but if you're on a car which is what most business people are there's all different roads and avenues you have to take so i try to sit somewhere in the middle and i think it's very helpful that i've been in the weeds and i've been in the airplane yep. where when to now i'm navigating these roads and these directions I have a good idea of where to go, but I'm always learning. I don't know everything. Sometimes I make mistakes. Sometimes I hit out of the park. But if you get down or, you know, get discouraged, you just got to keep moving forward and get it going.
0: Yeah. And it seems like you've said yes to a lot of opportunities. And that's also why you are where you are. And you've just kind of, even if you don't have experience necessarily in it. You still say yes and you go for it.
1: But it has to be somewhat related. So, for example, if someone came up to me and said, hey, Kyle, let's open a roofing company and go roof. Yeah. I'd be like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But as long as it's connected and you can see, like, the connection, then definitely do it. If you're way out of left field and you're not comfortable and, like you were saying, imposter syndrome, you're trying to do something that you don't know a lot about, then you're going to get into trouble. Right. But all the steps... Luckily that I've said yes to were incremental steps that weren't too far of a reach. Mm-hmm. But if I look back now after all these years, I'm like, oh my God, how did I get here? It's so far out.
0: yeah, that's but- how I feel with like where I've gotten. I mean I'm like newer into my career, but I still always look back at that and think like how did I go from I started a YouTube channel like twelve years ago, then engineering, then working at a consultant firm then doing social media as an influencer, then starting a tech company. I'm like, it's really like it's uh, it's so many jumps, but they all connect.
1: It's a common thread between it. I had an old advisor who would tell me it's a funny saying inch by inch, life's a cinch. Yard by yard, life is hard. And this is an example where if you try to do something too far out of your comfort zone, like way out of left field, it's going to be hard. But if it's outside your comfort zone but you can see how it connects, yeah, it'll be challenging and you'll have to deal with a lot of things and persevere through a lot of things. But you still have some like familiarity with it. So you should be able to, yeah. to navigate without any problem.
0: Yeah. No, well, thank you so much for sharing your story, for coming on the podcast, for dealing with the technical difficulties. No,
1: that's it. <laughs> no, no, thank, thank you so much. I hope I didn't bore you too much. No,
0: this was so interesting. Like, I love talking about, you know, the business side of things, but also I want to get into like the nitty gritty and just hear your story and hear the, actual science behind mm-hmm. it too. So you explained it in a way that was very easy to understand. <laughs> I feel like sometimes like scientists, you know, they do it every single day. So they're using all these big words or, you know, things that people don't understand, but it was very easy to keep up. <laughs>
1: oh, well, thank you so much. And thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. Where can they find you and where can they find delavi
1: Yeah. So just go to our website, com, and you can see all of our clinical trials. You can see all of our certifications. You can see all of the science behind it, our patent information. You can follow us, Delavie Sciences, on Instagram and on LinkedIn and on TikTok as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you.
1: No problem. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday.